Welcome to the Private Practice Builders Podcast, building your practice from the ground up. We are proud to be your only single source solution for all of your private practice startup and growth needs. We currently offer individual business consulting, architecture, interior design, and furniture sales, and our popular webinars that teach you how to grow your practice your way. Learn more about us at privatepracticebuilders.com. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Haley. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast today. I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen. We're coming to you from the suburbs of beautiful Washington, D.C., and the podcast today is going to cover business partnership, including the advantages of having a business partner and also the several disadvantages of having a business partner. But before we begin, I'm actually going to go off script just for a little bit. If you guys, if anyone is listening, has attended my webinar already, you know a little bit about what I'm all about and about what my style is. And although I go into the webinar with a game plan of specific things to talk about, when a thought pops in my head, I will go off script because I find those moments to be very teachable moments to give you some insights into private practice ownership and growth and to share these little tidbits of my experience that have happened over the past 20 years. So I'm going to start off script because this podcast, it already had been done. And there's a little bit of a funny story in that my parents came to town and I really don't think they knew what a podcast is. And I'm obviously newer to doing it. So they said, Hey, Chris, well, why don't you uh, play one for us? So I said, no problem. Let me play you the podcast on private practice ownership. So as we were listening in the podcast, which I thought came out great, there was a little bit, a little bit of a hiccup in there in that some words were kind of combined and it just didn't sound, I don't want to say perfect, but it didn't sound up to what I thought it would measure up to. So I pulled out my post-production software I did a little bit of cutting and pasting, and before you knew it, <laughs> epic fail, I destroyed it. <laughs> it was gone. I actually had a flashback to my college days back in the early 90s <laughs> when you had that 10-page paper to do, and you brought your floppy disk to the school computer, and you plugged your, your disk in there where you thought it was saved, and the disc winds up being empty and the paper's due in two hours. I'm like, oh, here we go. Back to the drawing board. But the reason I'm going off script real quick is because what a wonderful example to teach what I always see is paramount, the mindset of success. Please, please remember, without this, without the mindset of success, nothing else matters. All the tips you get from people, all the business advice and strategies, they are irrelevant unless you have this mindset of success. And this example is a great uh, learning tool because the first thing I did, I didn't panic. The podcast was gone. And again, this is not a huge deal. I think the 10-page paper probably would have been a bigger deal than this. The podcast I can easily redo. But I didn't panic because I understand after 20 years of business ownership, every problem, I mean every problem has a solution. 
you have to remember that there's always an ebb and flow in business. There are always going to be ups and downs. And the key here is not to panic. The key is how you respond to them. You take a deep breath. You think it through. You don't respond impulsively. And you come up with, a, with an appropriate solution. So with this particular case, resiliency, that resilient mindset, the problem-solving mindset, being solution-focused, that's what really mattered here. So my thinking, yeah, I lost it. But I'm going to turn this into a positive. I'm going to make this even better than it was the first time. So here we go. This is my new and improved version of the podcast of business partners, the advantages, and the disadvantages. Let's get it going. So I've taken the podcast and actually broken it down into three separate sections. I'm going to start with section number one, the benefits of bringing on a business partner. We'll move on to section number two, which is the disadvantages, in my mind, of having a business partner. And then number three, I added how to assess a potential business partner. Because if you're thinking about it, I've got some recommendations for you as to how to select someone who's going to be a good, solid business partner for years and years to come. Let's start with the benefits. My first benefit of bringing on a business partner, and this one, by the way, is purely financial, is you get to share financial resources. And that can be really important. If you're anything like me back in the day, coming out of grad school, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. <laughs> in fact, you know what I did have? I had, a, I had six figures of debt. I didn't have money to put into a private practice. So a huge benefit in bringing on a business partner is just that. And you know what? Maybe they're coming out of grad school too. But is it possible they have a rich uncle? Or maybe is it possible your business partner isn't fresh out of grad school but has been practicing for a period of time and has money in the bank? Maybe they want to do a career change and also have some financial resources. Or maybe they have connections at whatever bank you're working with and are able to work out some sort of business loan with very favorable terms. So benefit number one to bringing on a business partner is the other individual, if you don't have the financial resources, the other individual may. And you don't want to minimize business startup costs and in a different podcast, I'll talk about the startup costs that are associated with business ownership and getting your own private practice started. But a benefit number one, your potential business partner or partners may have some financial resources that you do not to help get the business started. Benefit number two, you get to share expenses. And again, we don't want to minimize expenses. The, um, again, in a different podcast, I'll go through all the different expenses I have after doing this for 20 years. I have a really good knowledge base on ever, all the bills that I pay, and I'll break down my expenses throughout any given year. I'll share that with you at a later podcast. But sharing expenses cuts the costs for you. So rather than taking on this huge burden of having to pay the rent, of having to pay salaries, of having to pay all the different bills and your malpractice insurance and everything else that goes along with it, you get to take those expenses and divvy it up with one other person, or if you have multiple owners, divvy those expenses up, uh, and your percentage is much, much less than it would be if you're a solo owner. 
Benefit number three of having a business partner or partners, and this is a big one, you bring in an increased knowledge base. There's that old saying, two heads are better than one, and that is absolutely true in the business world. And I'm even going to take this a step further. And when you're looking for a potential business partner, what you want to do is try to find somebody who complements your knowledge base. For example, I'm me specifically, the whole problem solving stuff that I had spoken of earlier when my podcast crashed, uh, that's, one of, that's one of my bigger skill sets, the marketing, uh, the going out and the doing public speaking. But given that I'm a product of, of my undergrad from 88 to 1992, my weakness is the computer piece because I wasn't raised with it. So if I were considering bringing on a business partner, one thing I would look to do is to complement my skill set by, for example, bringing on someone who had a much stronger IT background, uh, computer background, and things like that. But with business partnership, having that sh- uh, a shared knowledge base boosts up all the information you can bring to the table to help maintain your business and keep your business going. Benefit number four of having a business partner, shared responsibilities. You don't have to take and accept the burden of all the pressure and all the stress yourself. These duties and responsibilities can be shared. They can be distributed among those that, are, that have ownership. What does this do? This increases your quality of life. It helps maintain your work-life balance so you don't have to worry about burnout when you're my age. I mean, I'm almost 50. You know, if, if For some people, having all the stress and all the pressure and then all the clients you see in addition to that in order to keep the practice going and, and generating an income, when you have a business partner, you can take those roles and divvy them up. However, however, you want to be really super clear on what each owner's role and responsibility, what their roles and responsibilities are. Because if you're not, what happens, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, that's where resentment comes in, where one person is doing a lot of the work and taking out a lot of the responsibility where other people might not be. It'll never be completely equal. But if you have a business partner and you're 50-50 owners, what we're looking for, obviously, is one person to carry on about 50% of the load, and then the other business partner to carry on the same. Benefit number five, and I got to preface this one. I'm not an accountant, and I I do not play one on TV. However, and you definitely want to consult with an accountant on this, but there may be, there may be potential tax benefits to bringing on a business partner. I do understand that if you're a sole proprietor, your tax breaks may be less than if you bring on a business partner and set up, for example, an LLC or an S-Corp or whatever. Um, I, this is, again, this is a little bit of a tangent, but when it comes to finding outside professionals to assist you in your practice, I found that number one, Having an awesome accountant, that's even more important than having an awesome lawyer. You know, knock on wood, I haven't had to use lawyers very much in my 20-year career as a business owner, um, but 
And if I did, I probably would be saying something different. I have to say that too. But because I, I haven't had to turn to my lawyer very much, it's been my accountant that's been my right-hand man and has guided me on uh, growing business, on tax breaks, on write-offs. Find yourself a good accountant. The way to do that, talk to other professionals, other mental health professionals who own private practices in your area, and you'll definitely find a, a good referral to one. And then finally, the last benefit, benefit number six to bringing on a business partner is that, and you've heard this old cliche before, it's very much like a marriage. And in a marriage, you're there to support your spouse. You're there to encourage your spouse. You're there to guide them, almost as if you're like a little coach on the sidelines at times. And you're there for them. And that sort of support is huge. As I said in the intro, there's always ups and downs with business. There's always ebb and flow. And to have someone there, or again, more than you know, two or three or four, depending on how many owners you have, to have multiple people there is such an advantage because you can rely on them and count on them to carry you through those tough times. And those are the six benefits to bringing on a business partner. All right, now let's move on to the second section, which is the disadvantages of having a business partner or business partners. The first one, you would expect it, disagreements. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you'll have disagreements. It's not an if, it is a matter of when. We just got through talking about how business partnership is like a marriage. And for those of you that are married, you went through that little honeymoon phase where you know, for the first year or first period of time where things were hunky-dory and cool and everything. And then all of a sudden, at some point, there was a conflict. There was a disagreement. Maybe you're the type of person like me that you really want to grow and go big. Maybe you're not satisfied with the $80,000 or $100,000 or $120,000 you're making, and you want to create something much bigger than that. And maybe your business partner says, you know what? No, I'm cool with this. This is the way I want it. A nice, small little practice, and you want something more. What if you have a disagreement about the qualifications of one of your admin staff or the competencies where one person really likes that admin staff, uh, but you think that she needs to be fired? You know, again, a, a, a conflict. What if your business partner's a spender and you're a saver? What if your business partner's a little bit shady and wants to run things through the business as, quote, write-offs, and you're on the up and up and say, no, I don't want to have eyes in the back of my head waiting for the IRS to audit me. These are all potential things that can come up in a business partnership, things that you can totally avoid if you're in practice on your own. The disadvantage number two is what if, and I mentioned this briefly, what if the duties are not shared equally? What if your work ethic is very different than your business partner? What if you come out every day and give 110% to the maintenance and growth of what you've created, and your business partner loves taking Caribbean vacations all the time. Now, I, the, the only thing that'll typically happen in a situation like that is resentment. 
you know, what if, what if all the business ideas are really only coming from one person and that person feels that the other or other business partners are riding on your coattails? So again, this goes back to what I said earlier about if you're going to bring on a business partner or partner, be crystal clear on roles, be crystal clear on responsibilities, because if the duties are not shared equally, resentment will build and frustration will build. Disadvantage number three, this is a, a real big one for me and why I've always preferred ownership on my own. You lose power and control when you have a business partner or partners. You, know, you don't get to make all the decisions. You, know, you have to rely on other people's ideas and things like that, which is fine, but what if your ideas are different? And again, that can turn into conflict and you lose the power, 100% power and control to direct the business in the way that you feel is best. Um, I'm going to say this. When it comes to these issues, self-awareness is so important. And again, I know because I've always been this way. I'm the type of person that, that wants to have that power and wants to have that control. And I really you know, absolutely prefer doing things on my own. Um, but if you're the type of person who doesn't mind sharing power and control, then a business partner might be a little bit more up your alley. Disadvantage number four, um, again, this this is, could be could be significant, is liability. From a liability standpoint, you your business partner or partners could bring you down. Um, there's no doubt that if for whatever reason your business partner gets sued for something going on in the office the business is going to get sued too. Therefore, you're involved in that lawsuit. So any wrongdoings on your business partners, uh, and that could bring you down. And we have to remember, you know, lawsuits are super expensive. This could mean the closing down of your business. This could mean the permanently damaging of your reputation. And again, I, I'm going to say I'm the type of person I like to sink or swim on my own. I don't want to put any trust into somebody else and rely on them for my success and for the financial well-being of myself and my family. But again, that's something to consider, which we'll talk about in a second about how do you how do you gauge if someone's going to be a good business partner or a good match for you or not. And then finally, uh, disadvantage number five, you have to share the profits. Any money coming in through your hard work, that gets divvied up. And if you're like me, I would prefer to keep all the profits myself. If it's going to be my hard work, if it's going to be my vision, if it's going to be my direction, if I'm the one that kicks in 110% all the time, naturally, I want the full reward for that. Um, but if the if the duties are shared, if the vision is shared, if if you're working together collaboratively and and there's no resentment being built, then having a business partner and sharing the profits, you may be you may be okay with that. And now let's jump in to the final section, section number three, which is how do you assess? a potential business partner or business partners. And I think it goes without saying, obviously, don't rush in to anything. Take your time. Be patient. Get to know this person and feel this person out. Get to find out what they're all about, what drives them, what motivates them. These are all really important things, this next list. So this takes time to assess. Trust your gut. Get a good feel and then make that decision. Number one, 
first and foremost, and you guys hear me talk about this all the time, does this individual, or if there's multiple people, set of individuals that could be potential business partners, do they have that mindset of success? Are they passionate about success? Are they hungry like you are? Are they willing to give 110%? Is their work ethic consistent with yours? Now, you're not going to be going into this if you don't have that mindset of success. So you want to make sure that the potential person has that same or a similar mindset than you do. If there's any sort of mismatch here, if your mindset of success is strong and theirs is not, definitely don't go into business with that person. Secondly, sit down multiple times with the person or set of people and talk about what your long-term goals are. Many people are okay with a smaller practice. And maybe it's just you and the other person. Maybe you decide over time to bring on one or two associates, maybe even hire an admin person or a virtual assistant. Uh, Or maybe you're like me. Maybe you want to go big. Maybe you want to go huge. Maybe you want to have multiple offices in multiple cities. Maybe you're not a risk-aversive person and you're willing to take a lot of chances when it comes to expanding and growing your business or businesses. Sit down beforehand and talk about that because if the individual you're looking at and speaking with says, I want to keep things small and I'm not interested in going big and you're the exact opposite probably will be a mismatch and probably will cause potential issues down the road. Thirdly, and we spoke about this earlier, find someone or a group of people that have skill sets that complement each other. That way you can come to the table with a whole bunch of different ideas, be creative, come up with solutions to problems and rely on each other. Number four, and again, this is big, Um, You'll hear me say again and again, there are certain things in business that are definitely going to happen. How does this person deal with conflict? Conflict's unavoidable. It will happen. It will happen regularly after the little honeymoon phase, uh, after the business starts. (laughs) There may even be conflict during the honeymoon phase, as often happens. But what is this individual or set of individuals, what is their natural temperament. You you don't want to be in business with someone who is an ass, someone who you have to walk on eggshells around, someone who is difficult to deal with, someone who solves conflicts by raising their voice or yelling or being uh, you know, potentially abusive in how they treat you. You never, never want to be in that situation. It's a very difficult situation, and the only thing you want to do is avoid that person and do whatever it takes to get out of that business business. Find someone who can calmly solve problems. Find someone who looks at a conflict between you and them as a win-win situation where you can both come out um, being on top. Calm, cool, collected people, people who think things through rather than responding emotionally, impulsively in an angry or hostile way, make much better business partners than those that really struggle with controlling their anger. And for them, where the conflict is, I'm going to win and you're going to lose, again, not the type of person you typically want to be in business with. And then the last thing to definitely consider, do you trust them? You're not going to know this right away. This is something you have to get a feel for and trust your gut on over time. 
keep in mind, you definitely will have at least one shared bank account where your assets are going to go, your money that you bring in is going to go, money that the associates bring in is going to go. This typically goes into one shared bank account. And when you need $150,000 to cover your payroll that month and you go to the bank and you find out that that money has been withdrawn and you have $150, then you learn that your business partner is out driving a Ferrari. Not a good thing. Please remember that your business partner or partners will have access to this money and that you need to be able to trust that that money is going to be there uh, to cover your expenses and that no one's going to be dipping into any sort of joint bank account for their own personal venture. In addition with trusting them financially, you also want to be able to trust this individual or set of individuals interpersonally, meaning how are they interacting with others on your staff? How are they interacting with their patients? Are they dealing with things in a way that's consistent with how you all talked about it and how you all agreed upon Always keep in mind, if your business partner gets sued for something, if there's inappropriate conduct or whatever with an associate or a patient or whatever, and there's a lawsuit against your partner, almost always the practice is going to get sued too, and that potentially could bring you down. So in addition to trusting them financially, you also want to be able to trust that their actions are really consistent with, with the vision that you've all established early on. And... I'd like to end with one more thing. Although I prefer the power and control of running my businesses solo, here's the reality. You know, I really do have a business partner. It's my wife. And she and I have partnered up together for, for our new business, Private Practice Builders. But prior to starting this business, I owned my two practices. She had her has her career in interior design and architecture, um, but she's been my rock and she's been my support. And I always reference the ebb and flow of business and we've gone through good times and we've gone through our down times, but she's always been there on my side cheering me on from the sidelines, giving me kudos for working hard, which by the way is really important to me. That's my love language is, hey, Chris, you worked so hard today for the family. Good for you. So I really feel like I do have a partner, a business partner. I've run issues by her, difficulties, challenges, and and that means and makes such a difference to feel like I don't have to do it on my own. Well, That's it. I hope the podcast was helpful for you. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening today. I hope the information uh, was very informative. Feel free to email me at any point if you have any questions. I'm Dr. Christopher Haley from Private Practice Builders. Please visit us and learn more about us at privatepracticebuilders.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks.